0: Hello, patrons of perhaps it's you—the best of the five listers, the best of the best, the cream of the crop. That's you.
1: Yes, listening right now. Hugs to all of you. Big hugs, big mysterious hugs. Thanks for your cash money. We are going to put towards the capybara. Perhaps it's you, ranch. Yes,
0: and the mountain named after us. (laughs) What else were we going to buy? I'm going to use it all to buy beaver nuggets. Oh my god, those beaver
1: nuggets are so good. And cheesies. Well finally be able to afford stripping from australia for those starburst gummy worm worms you want so bad that's what we should do with I our podcast
0: so bad well we have your money about now those. we can do whatever whatever we want
1: with it <laughs> it's true like stupid stuff like that
0: Nah, no, we got hosting fees to pay oh yeah and postcards to buy
1: it's a thank you yeah it's a heartfelt embrace through snail
0: mail i hope you will be receiving your stickers soon we're about to send them out
1: mm-hmm.
0: i hope you like them mm-hmm. i hope you stick them on your forehead or wherever you want to put them your bicycle we're not telling you how to live your, your computer.
1: life Computer, probably like not your car probably not but if you want hey, to i you, guess you, you stick them on a can of LaCroix. i don't care uh do you know what we're talking about today samantha
0: beyond belief fact, fact or, or fiction, fiction.
1: wow <laughs> we didn't even plan that which is
0: new to amazon yeah and there is a podcast about it check yeah. them out i haven't had a chance to yet but i'm sure they're doing a great job if you love beyond
1: believe as much as my brother did when the show was on you'll want to listen to that podcast i'm sure
0: did you watch this show a lot as a kid i did watch only it. Seen it a couple times
1: my brother was really into it i feel like he was the perfect age yeah this show has sort of the appeal of what if we made an unsolved mysteries for children sure it's like kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure novel or mm-hmm. something. It's like right at that age range. Yep. Where you might, you might be lying on the couch, sorting your pogs, put aside your
0: Goosebumps book, because <laughs> Beyond Belief is on. Yes, it is. Should we give a little rundown of it for people who maybe never watched the show? Yes.
1: So it was a show that was on Fox. It would show you a series of reenacted mysteries, some of which they had just made up in the writer's room.
0: And How much do you want to be one of those writers?
1: That's your job. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. That would be awesome. And some of them were supposedly true, though I feel like even the ones that are true are
0: highly, they claim that the true ones are based on true So basically stories. they all
1: sound fake, because even the true ones have been like tweaked so much that they make little to no sense. It has a, all of it, I don't even know what kind of It's theatrical
0: acting, you would call this, but the tone of it is all so cheesy and hilarious. So cheesy. So Wikipedia, I think this is Wikipedia, let me see. Maybe it's IMDB, I'm not, oh it is. IMDB says, this anthology series tests the notion that truth is stranger than fiction. Each episode of Beyond Belief tells several tales of events that would appear to be impossible. At least one story in each episode is true and based on real events based on real events. Yeah. It's up to viewers... Very, very loosely based on real events. ...to determine which of the logic-defying stories that often include supernatural elements are factual. At the end of each episode, viewers are told which stories are made up and which are real. Former Emmy-nominated actor Josh Brolin presented the first season, and That's why we didn't do one from the first season. No, Jonathan Franks takes uh, takes over after that, and... uh, on season two, and then host the show from there on out.
1: We also did uh, Alien Autopsy. Yep. Factor Fiction. Factor Fiction. Which he was also the host of. And that's why we wanted a Jonathan Frakes episode. So we yeah. skipped on to season two.
0: He's also... The cheesiness. He just brings he it He really out. brings it. He's in this gentleman's really study environment. Oh, yeah. Uh, this really overly dramatically lit. He always does things like brings in a large painting of an optical illusion. Yeah. And is like, this, this is show what we're doing talks a lot about optical illusions a lot. Yeah. Basically, the opening of every episode, it seems like. <laughs> it's to t- say that your eyes can
1: play tricks on you and things are not always as they seem.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Raised
1: eyebrow, which I can't <laughs> really do. So I just winked at Samantha weirdly. Sure. It's
0: fine. So we decided to do this sort of how we do Unsolved Mysteries episodes, where we each took one. There's like, what, four? I think there's five. Five. And then at the end we are going we don't know which ones are fact or fiction. We're We're gonna gonna speculate you. And then we're gonna find out. So I hope there'll be a reveal that you've watched this episode. It is season two, episode one. Yes. So the first one with Jonathan Frakes as the host. Yep. So if you want to stop this podcast right now and go watch, right up until the point where the big reveal happens and then we can learn together which ones are fact and which ones are fiction. This is on Amazon Prime, provided by our evil overlords.
1: You can Mm -hmm. watch it that way. I think it might be on YouTube, too, but maybe. Maybe. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, watch it. Make your own guess as to which is fact, which is fiction. We'll see who's right. What I enjoyed about watching this is it did sort of make me think I was sitting in my parents' living room. (laughs) It did sort of, like, transform me through time a little bit.
0: Yes. Much in the same way that Unsolved Mysteries does, I think.
1: I was like, baby brother, bring me my fruitopia.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Give me my Capri Sun. Yeah, where's my Capri Sun,
1: Wally? Watch sit by the my parents' fireplace on the floor and watch beyond watch belief. beyond belief because something I want to watch is on after. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Anyway,
0: all right. Should we get into it? You have number one.
1: I have number one. This is referred to as the plane.
0: They give mm-hmm. all of their little segments mm-hmm.
1: stupid titles like their little bad books or short stories. So. <laughs> Um, and he, like, goes on this, Jonathan Franks goes on this, like, romantic tangent about how being a pilot appeals to the adventurer in all of us. <laughs> as he's standing in his dramatically lit gentleman's study by, like, a mannequin wearing an old-timey pilot getup <laughs> that really has nothing to do with this mystery at all. Nope. Anyway. So, we it opens with a small plane landing, and then the pilot looks at a photo of his dad that's in the airplane. His dad, also a pilot. He's like in a plane as a pilot looking at a photo of a pilot going, I don't come much to this small airport anymore. But I just wanted to make a quick stop on my journey. Of course, things didn't really go as planned. (laughs) Something like that. And
0: his dad has died, right?
1: Yeah, you kind of... I don't know that they say that immediately, but you sort of get that sense from his nostalgic photo would you just like gaze at a photo of someone that was still alive like that that wasn't probably, your lover would i just not. like have a photo of you and be like oh i can't wait till samantha comes over tomorrow <laughs> you know <laughs> i hope not it's weird <laughs> as i stroke a lock of your hair <laughs> yes uh so he lands the plane and we see some liquid leaking out of the plane
0: Mm-hmm.
1: dun dun mm-hmm. dun folks that is called foreshadowing <laughs> So he goes into this diner, which is a place that he used to visit with his dad, and apparently the same guy still owns the diner and is like talking to him about what a great guy his dad is and how he misses him and the pilot's like, Yeah, me too <laughs> And of course there's a photo up of both of them in the diner. Of course. From, like, their first visit there. Duh. Because somehow this restaurant is really just a shrine to this guy's <laughs> life, even though he never goes there. Anyway, the pilot is apparently delivering a package for an old family friend. And the guy at the diner says, your dad was one of the best pilots I ever saw. <laughs> and the pilot says, yeah,
0: I still miss him.
1: <laughs> this all
0: sounds very fact so far. Yeah, And
1: then he's reminded that his dad gave him his wings, you know, that little pin. Mm-hmm.
0: And it, he has the pen in his hand
1: no he lost it oh oh you're right I he forgot. lost it a few years ago why because he's a bad son that's why
0: <laughs> he had that photo though he had
1: the photo well he got to stare at the photo in the diner like oh yeah that was the day my dad the best pilot ever gave me his wings <laughs> and if you were a child in the 80s you remember that if you went on a flight for they the used first to, time they used to give kids shit I think that was probably the first expense they cut as it became harder and harder to run a commercial airline. But they used to give you like a bag of activities to do and they used to give you little plastic wings if it was your first flight. And I think I still have mine somewhere. Sounds lovely. Anyway, that that that's what I thought about. It was a flashback to his dad dying in a horrible, fiery crash right in front of his mom? What? <laughs> Why was she there? Don't and know. then he, like, runs up to the fire like, Dad! And the mom's like, we can't help him. Where was this plane going? I don't know. Why did it crash, like, in the yard of I their house?
0: Know. This is an episode of air disasters I've never seen before. Uh Oh, I would see no episodes of air disasters. I've seen all of them. Oh, yeah, Travis and I like to watch air disasters. I
1: don't know that I'm supposed to to say this to people, but Samantha doesn't really like flying. I hate flying. I wonder
0: why, okay, I hated flying before this. actually, weirdly enough, watching air disasters kind of makes me feel better about flying. It is very because you rare. learn how, one how rare it is. It didn't used to be that rare, but and all of the technological advances they've made because of these crashes that have made flying safer, yeah, so while it's sort of terrifying to imagine dying in a plane crash it's
1: also nice to learn it's it's kind of terrifying to imagine dying anyway
0: there were like for instance there were a bunch of planes that collided in midair because the technology didn't exist to help them not crash into each other and because of those things they have technology that basically makes it impossible for planes to crash together which that's really cool so yes I'm torturing myself by myself by watching Air Disasters. Did I watch an entire season of Air Disasters before going on a trip to Peru that required me to fly ten times? Yeah. Was that a good idea? No. Samantha. I just love that show, though. I can't help it. <laughs> I can't do the things I do anyway. Speaking of weird stuff
1: that Fox TV used to show in the 90s, they really liked cobbling together a UFO special of just mm-hmm. like people's footage that just showed like a flashlight hanging from a tree. Like you could never (laughs) tell what any of it was just like literally a light in darkness and they'd be like, look, it's a UFO. And they would show the same thing. You would come back from every commercial break and it would be the same stupid UFO fishage uh, because the X-Files was so popular. I remember recording a special hosted by Gillian Anderson about like plane crashes that was just they had footage of plane crashes that they like edited into a special. But in that, she specifically told you not to wear tights or nylons when you're flying in case there's a fire aboard. Because they'll catch on fire? Because they'll like melt in your legs. Oh my god. And then now when I see people doing that, this is stuck in my mind all this decades later. When I like see people in like high heels and pantyhose on planes, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> First of all, you should be wearing high heels because you need to be able to evacuate the plane. Yes. And you shouldn't be wearing pantyhose because those are going to melt right into your leg. And,
0: Jillian Anderson told me so. And you need to sit in the back of the plane because you're statistically more likely to survive. Oh. Also, there's this crazy story where this plane that was flying like back and forth from Hawaii had so much corrosion on the plane from the salt water that part of the top of the plane broke off mid-flight and people were basically in a convertible. They were still in their seats with no like sides or top of the plane, just like the floor of the plane. That's crazy. And... They all survived except for like the flight attendant who wasn't buckled in got sucked <gasps> out. But everyone who was sitting in their seat just they finished the flight, like in a plane convertible, landed the plane. It was crazy. It's crazy. You look up pictures of it, you guys. It's insane. That's crazy. And like a lot of regulations about planes that fly in salty conditions have come out of that.
1: Hmm. Well, yeah. there you go. See, I here I thought this beyond belief episode would teach people nothing, and yet. We were already teaching so people so much about <laughs> airline safety. So yeah, he has this flashback of his dad dying a horrible death, like right in front of him and his mom, and him seeing his dad burn alive. Right, which didn't happen, but yeah, right. okay. So he's in the diner, uh, he's gonna eat a cheeseburger or something, and the plane starts to move, what? and the owner of the diner by itself, Liz. But but the pilot, who I guess his name is Michael, and I never mentioned that until now. Uh, <laughs> the diner owner's like Michael. Why is your plane moving? And they turn around and they're like, what? And the plane not only moves, it flies away. <laughs> by itself. By itself. Then he tries to radio his own plane. Yeah. Which, if someone was stealing your plane, would they'd be like, hello, robber. I got Please your plane in here. the plane. Yeah. What? So I wrote down, unresponsive, dash, obviously. <laughs> but, because we already knew the plane was leaking liquids,
0: it explodes! Crashes to the ground.
1: Yes. Almost immediately. <laughs> it gets nowhere. And Michael cries out, Oh God. Oh no. Pretty much just like that because he cannot act. But no one is inside when they get to the fiery <gasps> crash. No what? one. I should have said that more dramatically. They approach the plane. Who was driving it? Beat, beat, beat. No Whoa. one. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> the plane drove itself and flew away and then exploded. But he still, like, goes into the fiery pot cockpit. I guess. And then what's there?
0: The wings his dad gave him <laughs> that he lost. So the ghost of his dad so he flew saves- the
1: plane away and saves his life. So he saves the wings, but for some reason lets his the photo of his dad dramatically burn. <laughs> And then Jonathan Frank says, How could a plane fly itself? Or is it a flight of fancy?
0: <laughs> the puns in this one, you, you guys. You
1: think that I'm like overdoing the cheesy no, this voice? Is
0: exactly it's even more cheesy it, actually. I can't do it. I can't do it <laughs> as cheesy as it actually is in the show. And Jonathan Frank says it with a straight face. I don't know how he did it.
1: Or a flight of fancy. <laughs> I feel like Zap Brannigan from Futurama talking like that. Oh and it's God, pretty it's great.
0: So, funny. so do you think this one is fact or fiction? This better be fucking fiction. There's no way this is fact.
1: Also, I like that it's like, oh, the ghost of his dad drove the plane away so he wouldn't explode. He was going to just fly it without inspecting it at all. He wouldn't notice all of that liquid leaking out of it. He's a bad pilot. He shouldn't be allowed to fly. <laughs> yeah. Also, where were the wings? Where did he lose them? Why did he just let that photo of his dad burn when he could have easily saved it? It seemed to mean a lot to him five seconds earlier.
0: This just keeps reminding me of episodes of Air Disasters. There's this one where (laughs) these two guys are in a small, like, little tiny plane like you would have if you just, like, fly as a hobby. And the the pilot dies, has a heart attack, dies. The guy he was taking on a ride does not know how to fly a plane Uh at all. And he has to fly to an airport and the air traffic controllers have to tell him how to land the plane. And he tries like four times and almost crashes. And then he lands the plane. Whoa. And survives. Whoa. That is a crazy story. I don't know if that's air disasters or if it's just one we saw on YouTube. But if you look, I know it's on YouTube. So you can look it up.
1: All right. I'm going to tell like a totally unrelated story. Okay. And I don't even know what radio show on NPR I heard this on. But they told three amazing stories of survival. And two of those people were Australian. Oh. Which led me to believe that Australians are the toughest people around. They might be. Where I was like, well, of course, they survived. They're all Australian. baby
0: Australians are stung with a tiny little bit of Black Widow venom. <laughs> Not enough to kill them, just enough to make them stronger. Well, it makes sense, because everything on that island is poison.
1: Yeah. So that would be good That's for my them. theory. But the story was that, and this is a true story, that this guy who went skydiving all the time went skydiving, and both of his sh- parachutes f- failed. Oh my God. And his pregnant wife was watching him. <gasps> he's the one telling the story, though. He fucking tucked and rolled and was fine. <laughs> oh my God. He didn't break a single bone. Wow. And she, like, sees the chutes fail and him falling to the earth and is like, oh my God. Hops in the Jeep, drives it over to him, and just finds him, like, standing there with the wind knocked out of him on the ground. And he's like, you could smell the fear. But I was otherwise fine. He literally just like curled up into a ball and rolled.
0: That's absolutely insane. Yeah. Wow. Don't try that at home, guys. No.
1: (laughs) And the story about an American guy was a guy who like fell rock climbing and he broke like every bone in his body.
0: Was that the one that had to cut his own arm off?
1: No, it was a different dude.
0: Okay. But same, basically same. Yeah. Wow.
1: And I was like, of course the Australian guy was totally fine. And the American guy was like obliterated. Oh my God. And then the other Australian was a woman. And she ran an emu farm, I think, by herself. And she was just, like, walking around her massive property one day. And just, like, there was this underground well that she didn't know about. And the earth just gave way. And she just (gasps) fell into this underground well.
0: Oh, my God. Was Lassie there to call for help?
1: No. So she was just clinging to the side (gasps) of the earth for, like, five days or something. Oh, my God. She was delirious. She was hallucinating. And eventually people found her.
0: That is so crazy. Yeah. Can I tell a funny story about emus that don't actually involve emus? Yes. Travis is going to be so mad at me, but he doesn't listen to our podcast anyway.
1: He's definitely not a patron, so nope. there you go. He
0: um, he grows hay. Uh-huh. His family's farm, they used to do other crops, but now they just do hay. And for the longest time, he told me that one of his clients had emus. Uh huh. And I, he was like, one day, I'll t-, this is when we were dating, he's like, I'll take you to see the emus. And I was so excited. I'm like, I've never seen an emu before. That sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And then one day he's like, oh... Yeah, I thought they were emus, but actually they're alpacas. Oh. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> which that's... is also really cool. But I was like, to this day, I'm like, how did you confuse emus with alpacas? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen me, them? They, no. Okay. They just came
1: and picked up that. Yeah, so he just like heard exotic
0: animal name Yeah, and, like, he assumed misrem- they were yeah, emus. Yeah. Which I'm still a little disappointed that they're not emus. But the, I have since then seen the alpacas, and they're so cute. Mm. Cuter than emus, I'm sure. Should we have
1: emus or alpacas at the capybara ranch why not both oh hi lenny briscoe lenny's come in to say hello to everyone and he says thank you for giving us money and then he just walked he licked my knee and just walked away (laughs) per usual all right what do we We better get
0: to the next one
1: all right this one is called the gun yes
0: and if nothing else this is a great cautionary tale yeah i i think this one is probably true I kinda think so too. So Jonathan Frank starts the segment out by saying, A lockbox. No matter what side of the gun debate you fall on, no one wants to see people killed. I guess. I think some people do, but anyway. Tom North kept his gun. This is Jonathan and Frank still talking, and he's in front of like a box of guns. Anyway <laughs> <laughs> He's in <laughs> front of his, you know, gun stash yes. for the apocalypse. So, according to Jonathan Franks, Tom North kept his gun in a box like this for years, along with bullets, registration papers, and a manual. For a decade, he raised his children without incident. The gun was locked away. But the time had come to bring the gun out again. (gasps) To help guard his house against unseen enemies. Wow. Wow. So we opened with a close-up shot of someone's hand holding a gun. It's sure. very dramatic. Uh-huh. They have the bullets perfectly lined up in a row, like a psycho would. I don't know. Tom's. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that. I don't know even who even knew who said. I wrote that down. The
1: deadliest enemy of all, <laughs> fear. I don't
0: know. I don't know. What I that think Jonathan
1: down. Frank said that in the introduction. Yeah, possibly. So just keep in mind that's the deadliest enemy of all. Yep. Fear. So we're
0: seeing a, ha- a close up of a hand loading a gun. Tom's wife is narrating, and she says that she knew sooner or later Tom was going to make her learn how to use his gun, especially with everything going on in their neighborhood. Which was literally every single house getting robbed one by one. Yes. So there was a- apparently a rash of robberies. In their once secure neighborhood. So the hand loads the gun while she is talking, and the scene ends by the hand pointing the gun at the camera and very dramatically like pulling the trigger. I thought I was gonna die. (laughs) Did you?
1: Did you really so
0: (laughs) realistic? So we cut to Tom and his wife in the kitchen. This is not nice of me, but I don't particularly like Tom. Granted, this guy in the reenactment doesn't doesn't deserve this, but I said he looks like an inbred backwoods villain in a slasher movie. (laughs) I said, slightly more politely, bald
1: plus gray mullet is a bold choice.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the, I think it's really the baldness with the mullet that makes them... Yeah, it's not a good look. It's, it's not. I'm sorry to the man who played Tom in this reenactment. Anyway, so they're talking about how people are walking waking up to find hoodlums and ski masks rifling through their no! stuff while they're sleeping. No, hoodlums! Yeah, People don't
1: actually want to rob your house when you're home. They want to rob your house when you're not home. No.
0: Yeah. So Tom has a work trip planned and suggests that he cancels in lieu of this rash of robberies in the neighborhood.
1: I like that she was like, suddenly, I didn't feel safe anymore. After literally every single person I knew was robbed. (laughs)
0: I was like, oh, huh, that's weird how just suddenly that happened. Who knows why? Weird. So his wife tells him not to. Tom agrees, but suggests that his wife keep the gun on her at all times? I Well, don't she doesn't really just understand. say no.
1: She says, we've prayed for this promotion. Oh, yeah. And that. I like that. I don't know. It just seems like this really unnecessary detail to picture this couple like praying, praying before bed. Dear Lord, may my husband get this promotion. Also, may he insist that I take a gun after I've told him I don't know
0: how to properly over use one. Over and over and over again? Yeah. Yeah, so she's told her husband over and over again that she doesn't want to learn how to shoot this gun. She um, doesn't know how to...
1: He's like, oh, I never taught you how to use
0: this, but I'm going out of town, so here you go. And she's like, no, that's a terrible idea. But he just insists. Yeah, so she says she doesn't want to, saying, joking that she'll probably just shoot herself, to which he replies, this gun only shoots bad people. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So Tom's wife also, hates going with him. Also, people shoot themselves all the time. Yeah. So Tom's wife hates going to the shooting range with Tom. She tells him that she is uncomfortable even being around the gun. She literally can't sleep because she has so much anxiety about the gun. Not about the home invasions, mind you. She doesn't seem as concerned about those anymore. Now she's more anxious about having to shoot the gun. In a
1: way, he solved the home invasion problem because he's created a different problem. Yes.
0: It's like if you have a headache
1: and you stub your toe... You don't really notice the headache so much anymore because your toe hurts.
0: Also, and I realize that there are people in this country who I'm sure disagree with me, but even if this was completely true and there were just like home invasions happening where people are stealing things, is that a reason to like have a gun to shoot them with? Yeah. Like, they... Not, are they really breaking in to steal your babies?
1: Is that a they're reason just, to die? They're breaking
0: in to steal your TV. Like, that's not good. Is, I, don't, I don't know. Is this... the sentence for television theft death? Yeah. That was my question, is stealing a TV, even if they are sneaking in in the middle of the night while people are in the house, is that a death sentence? A lot of people think yes. I do not, but anyway. (laughs) Yeah, well, you also said Melvin Belly, so no one's going to (laughs) listen to your opinion. True. So we see a reenactment of Tom's wife waking up to the sound of glass breaking. The phone lines appear to be cut or down because she grabs the phone next to her bed and tries to call for help. So she grabs the gun and slowly walks downstairs. Spooky music plays and you see an intruder at the bottom of the stairs. He rushes her and she tries to shoot the gun, but it won't fire. Then she wakes up screaming. I will say about this reenactment that it is kind of scary. Like, the music they play, they're, like, sneaking downstairs, you don't know who's here. Like, they did kind of a good job shooting this. I wrote
1: down, quality night shirt, I swear, is from Kohl's.
0: (laughs) Probably was. (laughs) So she insists that her husband inspect the gun, but he says that it is in perfect working order, and there's no reason why it wouldn't shoot. Okay, great. Yep. Now we cut to Tom being actually out of town, and his wife wakes up in the same exact way that she did in her nightmare, The phone lines are down. She picks up the gun and sneaks downstairs, just like she did in her dream. You hear someone smashing things while she's sneaking. And just like the dream, someone is at the bottom of the stairs. You can't see them. They're in shadow. She screams and starts to fire. But just like the dream, the gun will not go off. She just keeps clicking the trigger. No bullets come out. Which turns out to be a good thing, because the person at the bottom of the stairs is her son, who had come home from college in the middle of the night. He had forgotten his keys and decided to let himself in through the patio door. He turns on the light. In a twist, her son runs up the stairs to hug her. She drops the gun, and it fires as it's tumbling down the stairs, striking an actual intruder, killing him. Yep. That's what would happen. Mm-hmm. hmm yep,
1: yep. Yeah, don't drop a gun down the stairs. Yes. It's probably not going to fire and then actually shoot a bad guy. No. 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 And also don't, like actually if you're worried about home invasions, maybe don't leave your patio door open. Because yeah. two people got
0: in her house at like the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and also, presumably, like it's still a crime to break into someone's house. But did that person deserve to die? Like Well, they this, were shot. We don't know that they died. It did said they die? They died. Yeah, in the oh. show. Well, that's stupid.
1: And Beyond Belief was like, good Good. thing he died. Good thing he died. (laughs) He might have gotten away with their shitty color TV. Yeah. That they would probably replace in a
0: year. So I think this is a great cautionary tale about maybe not having guns in your house, not forcing your wife who doesn't want to shoot a gun into absolute terror. (laughs) to The fact that she will literally Ah! shoot at anything that moves in the darkness in her house. She doesn't know what she's shooting at. She just saw a shape. And she doesn't know how to use a firearm. If someone yeah. insists to you that they don't know how to use a gun, believe them. Don't give them a gun. And yeah. then instill panic in them to yeah. the point where they're having nightmares about it. And then they literally wake up and just shoot at a shadow. She
1: probably should have stayed at someone else's house while her husband was out of town. Yeah. She was really that worried. So I think this one might be the one that's at least one of the ones that are a fact. I think this is going to be based on a true story. Yeah. And do I think a gun really like tumbled in slow motion down the stairs? No. And then I think maybe they made up that part. I I'm assuming the the son just I am assuming a gun despite supposedly working didn't shoot the kid because it only shot bad people. Yeah. That I'm assuming. I, yes. Okay. The next, next one. one is called The Portrait. <laughs> this one. And Jonathan Frakes talks about the power of the portrait. Fair, yes. yes. Mhm. This one is about a painter. I'm going to go on a slight tangent and say that artists in television and movies are usually depicted extremely unrealistically and <laughs> extremely terribly.
0: Yep. This is
1: actually not that bad of a
0: portrayal. No, it's not.
1: Usually artists are pretentious, lecherous creeps <sighs> in television and movies. And if you think about anytime time you see an artist, they're usually a total sleaze. Male, almost always male and yeah just trying to like seduce your wife or something <laughs> or they're literally insane and like cutting off their ears and right. eating their paint or whatever so this guy's not crazy or a lech positive also the portraits that he paints surprisingly good yes despite the fact that the actor is clearly not painting them and is just kind of moving a brush <laughs> like half an inch away from the canvas uh Some of them are actually kind of good. They are good. On television a lot, you will see people clearly not drawing something. And then someone comes up and they're like, oh my god, I didn't know you were an artist. It's so good. And then you look at it and you're like, that's terrible. (laughs) No one would be impressed with that ever. I don't know who painted these portraits, but they're good. Anyway, we open on William Corazine. Was formerly a landscape painter, but starts painting, as I said, portraits. And when it opens on him painting an old, elderly woman in a beautiful purple gown. Yes. And the portrait of her is fine, it's pretty good. And uh, she's like, Oh, when, uh, when will I be able to pick it up? And he says very dramatically, It will be available for delivery Wednesday. <laughs>
0: Everything about the show has to be so dramatic. And she's like, Oh, Wednesday? i didn't know it would be so soon and he's like
1: would you like to reschedule even though it's done and you could just take the portrait right now
0: no no i assume it had to like dry or something yeah he made some finishing touches actually
1: oil paint can take like years to dry to be like fully actually solid oh i didn't know just so you know oil paint's terrible anyway (laughs) (laughs) i say that because i don't know oil paint it's too fuming um so she yeah she's oh i didn't know but it would be so soon very well that's when we find out that this man has a strange power that we have no idea how he realized he had and it seems like that first time would have been quite alarming which is that if he paints someone's portrait they die
0: (gasps) this would actually be a very good horror movie
1: and there's a creepy room that his assistant hangs all the portraits in because people don't actually collect them
0: because they always die because
1: they're dead
0: yeah and That's spooky.
1: He, I don't know why he needs an assistant. She doesn't seem to do anything except hang up the portraits up when, up when the he's done portraits dead. of dead people. Because I don't know, he's not really making that much stuff. I get, I
0: don't, I don't know, know, his little studio though is pretty. He has a very nice
1: studio, pretty nice.
0: and he has, great light in there. I always wonder why they show painters always standing when they're doing this. Like, it had to have taken hours. Like they didn't sit down. But of course, he's standing in like the middle of his studio with just an easel and no furniture. There's
1: no, no, there's no furniture. There's nothing else there. It's way too clean to be an art studio. Um, also way too big. Probably
0: people, people. Some people really
1: insist on standing. I it suppose. depends on the size of what you're working on. You gotta, you gotta move those arms.
0: Okay, yeah. I do I would I'm get lazy, tired. and I
1: like to sit down. But some people are very adamant upon the standing thing. Oh, okay. What else? What else can we say about? I also recognize this actor, and I couldn't remember from what, and I didn't bother to look it up. But usually when I feel that way, it means they were on the (laughs) (laughs) X-Files. Usually I'm like, I know this guy from somewhere. It's probably on the X-Files. Anyway. So people seek out William when they're ready to die. Say they have a horrible terminal endless, and they're tired of the pain. Well, they're not going to kill themselves. They're going to have a fancy-ass portrait painted, and then keel over dead. That is kind of dramatic.
0: Yeah. I mean... Okay.
1: So this woman in a red dress shows up and insists that he paint her portrait. And he's like, i sorry, there's a private studio. I'm very
0: selective. You think he I would paint. stop painting people when he realized this. No,
1: but he's helping them, Samantha. He's helping them move on. I
0: guess.
1: You see a guy coughing a lot. He's like consumption or something. <laughs> he's like, no, no, continue. Because he's in too much pain. Okay. This is a like euthanasia through art situation. All right. I get it so this woman shows up and she insists that her portrait is painted and he's like no he doesn't want to say uh no i'm basically a killer through for hire but with paint so he's like this is a private studio i'm very selective of who i paint blah blah blah. and she's like he doesn't assume that she has a terminal well she says oh this woman told me you would help me and then he assumes oh okay she needs to move she must have leukemia or something she needs to move on. He doesn't ask any details. He well. does not. He's, he's not going to pry. He's not a nosy man. He's a painter. It's like this is a serious thing he's dealing with. Somehow discovered that when he paints people, they end up dead. And I'm telling you, those first couple times that happened must have been really traumatic. I assume so. But we don't hear about that. No. <laughs> so he paints this woman's portrait. This portrait is really fucking good. Yeah, I was it is. Impressed oh, that's the most shocking thing to be in this entire episode. I don't know who they got to do that. Good job. So uh, she was like, oh, when can I take delivery of this painting? And he says, "So whenever it is. She's like, oh, great. I need to leave this cruel, cruel world. And she leaves. Who shows up? The police. Because he was the last person to see her alive, and she died under very suspicious, mysterious circumstances. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it turned out she wasn't sick at all. She had just broken up with her boyfriend. She was lovesick, Samantha.
0: Oh, of course. Her little uterus couldn't take it. (laughs) Yes.
1: She was a distraught woman, incapable of making rational choices. And she had come to him to die, even though she was not ill. And the artist is so distraught over this. And his assistant comes out and is like, what's wrong? I sound like I'm in a a high school play. (laughs) And he's like, No. That woman who came, she died. And she's like, yeah, isn't that why you painted her portrait? (laughs) But she wasn't sick. She was just heartbroken. And the assistant's like, oh, no. (laughs) I do nothing except occasionally hang up a painting. And then the assistant leaves and we never see her again. Because it's time for the artist to paint. One final portrait. One final portrait. Which they act like you might not know what that is. Oh, that's right, motherfuckers! It's a self-portrait. <laughs> he takes I himself it like that in the show. <laughs> he- oh, that's right, motherfuckers! <laughs> he takes himself out, or perhaps Richard Branson, because the portrait really, really, really didn't look so much like him as it looked like Richard Branson, who I assume
0: self-portrait you just
1: is now dead. Wait, that's another thing. What if you painted someone, but it kind of didn't look like them, and it looks like someone else? Would that person die? <laughs> Actually,
0: die. I bet the intent. Makes a lot of difference. That you
1: were, like, painting a picture of Emilia Estevez, and then you were like, no, it looks like Martin Sheen, and then
0: <laughs> Martin Sheen heals just, over dead. <laughs> you know? We'll never know. You know how that ha- You know how that happens? You're Sometimes. trying to paint a picture of Amelia Estevez. <laughs> it's a really
1: common thing.
0: <laughs> just happened to me the other day, now that I think about it. It's a good thing I don't have this power. Yeah. This. Wow. <laughs> um.
1: I, the last thing I wrote about this was, uh, ask more questions, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there
0: should be a vetting process. So you
1: just see him lying on the floor of his beautiful beautiful studio, which, uh, does the assistant get that place now? I am
0: sure, she, did she hang up the painting? Of was him. that her final act? Her final act was to go, oh, It fills the final space in the wall. Who's going to cut my last paycheck <laughs> now
1: that fake Richard Branson is dead? Fake Richard <laughs> It's even cheesier than we're making it sound. No. That's what's not gonna work about this Patreon episode is I don't think we can capture the true cheesiness that is beyond belief. No, unfortunately, you can go watch for yourself on Amazon. I'm crying, <laughs> that not was... in sadness, in
0: absurdity. Is it's, that something you can cry? It's indeed, absurd. All right, that was the portrait. Yep. All right. So, this next one is called All Access Pass.
1: Uh, I wrote down Jonathan Frank's mascara in this shot is killer. Sure. So, if anybody knows what mascara Jonathan Frank
0: uses, let me know. His lashes looked great. Yeah, he does have a bit of a smoky eye going on. Totally. It's a little mysterious. Totally. So, we're in a hospital. Eddie and Kevin are teenage boys, and they are both in the hospital. They're roommates, and they are both very bored. We learned that Eddie's father is a doctor and Eddie is being subjected to a lot of medical tests. And also,
1: Eddie is afraid of dying. Yes. <laughs> Unlike most people, Eddie doesn't want to die, which they bring up as like a character trait about him. Yeah. Where it's like, Eddie, Scorpio, has two hamsters, is afraid of death. <laughs> Also, that guy Kevin has the most, like, 90s
0: Oh, my God, the frosted tips.
1: He's got, like, halfway bleached hair. He's got two hoop earrings, you know, one in each ear. He looks like he's... He has, like, the wide pig face (laughs) of, like, a minor bully Uh who rides a uh skateboard and is always, like,
0: trying to get other kids into trouble. Like, this casting is so spot on. Yeah, they're clearly painting Kevin as, um, no, they're... Eddie. They're clearly painting Eddie as, like... He's a square. Good, yeah, he's a square. He's, you know, a straight-A student, whatever. He's in the chess club. And then Kevin, with his sick frosted tips, is clearly, like, the bad boy type. Yeah. so He's listening to Blink-182 mm-hmm. and
1: stitching out on math class to go smoke behind a dumpster and is for some reason in
0: the hospital that we never find out why. Nope. So, and... So we learned from the narrator that Eddie has a heart murmur, but for some reason, like no one will tell him why he's in the hospital and has to go through all these tests. Yeah, it seems cruel. Yeah. So we don't know what is wrong with Kevin. We do know that Eddie is afraid of dying.
1: Like <laughs> Yeah, you know, I would like a little more background info on Kevin. What is Kevin afraid of? Clowns?
0: Maybe. Spiders? Falling off the skateboard? I don't know. F-
1: yeah. Maybe that's why he's
0: in the hospital. Girls finding out that he's really not that cool? No, maybe so Eddie's father comes to visit him he hangs up his coat between the two boys while Eddie's father is distracted by talking to Eddie Kevin sees his pass hanging out of his jacket pocket and takes it. I didn't mention that at the like the opening for this this mystery where Jonathan Franks does his little monologue he has like this all access pass yeah. which has holds the power to get into any room in the hospital.
1: well, he talks about like how everyone wants an all access pass to oh, yeah like a concert. But you know where it's different? A hospital, and I was like, "Yeah," because no one calls that an all access pass. No, it's like your badge, and just you weirdo. Those aren't the same thing. It's very strange. He's like, you know what's different? A different thing. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. And equating
0: a badge that opens up doors in a hospital to an all access pass at a concert is a very bizarre comparison. Yeah, even if you have an all-access concert pass, it doesn't mean you can just like burst into
1: people's dressing rooms and stuff. <laughs> That's just true. You know that? that just gets you like a five-second meet and greet. Yeah, you just stand backstage for a little bit while people are like tuning guitars.
0: Yeah. So or you go to the morgue. <laughs> Same thing. So after Eddie's dad leaves, Kevin pulls out his IV and says, "Let's go out and have some fun." Eddie is, like, his his dad runs the hospital, has a kid in the hospital,
1: and only stays with his kid for, like, five seconds. Yeah, he's like, bye. Bye. See you later. I
0: promise this is your last night in the hospital. Kid, I haven't told you why you're here. (laughs) So, Eddie's like, I've been all over this hospital. My dad's worked here since I was born. To which Kevin says, I bet there's one place you haven't been. The roof. And then we cut to the The morgue. Oh, yeah, the morgue. And the shot at the morgue is hilarious because it has this, like, red flashing light, like it's Uh a top secret nuclear facility or Uh something. Uh, Morgues are not places where people work, Samantha. They are (laughs) secret antechambers (laughs) where mortals dare not tread. So they get into, they use their all access pass to get into the morgue. There's literally jars of brains, like, sitting around. Okay, it's so so unrelated, but I totally forgot I wrote this down.
1: The other kid, Eddie, I wrote down, this kid's eyes are pure black. (laughs) I didn't notice that. He has no soul. That's what I wrote.
0: (laughs) That's hilarious. I didn't notice that. (laughs) (laughs) So Kevin runs into the part of the morgue where they keep the bodies, you know, like behind the doors. Yeah, I don't sure. know what that's called, um, but you've seen it. In graze- doors, you've seen it in Grey's Anatomy the, or whatever. Like, the, the, the stack of the coolers. Yeah, and you pull out. You know, you pull out the. They're body. on the tray. Yep. <laughs> so he opens one, and literally, like spooky fog pours out. Yeah, that's how that works. And he starts to open. You have to keep
1: bodies on a very dramatic amount of dry ice; <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> they rot.
0: Science, science. That's science. called science. That's why you tune into this podcast? <laughs> So they, uh, Kevin starts to open up the body bag, but at that very moment they hear someone coming and they scramble to put the body back into the wall and to hide. Someone comes in, wheeling a fresh body on a gurney. They leave it in the middle of the room and exit. Yep, that's what you would do. Mm-hmm. You go. This is taken care of. Bye. <laughs> Just drop this off right here. Kevin dares Eddie to open the bag, and what's inside? Eddie. Ah! <laughs> Eddie screams, Eddie, "It's you!" Yes, very dramatic. Eddie screams and Kevin faints. Kevin wakes up in his room, and he hears two nurses talking. He looks over and very dramatically sees Eddie's empty, perfectly hospital flat bed, bed, perfectly made. And the nurses who are talking say that the doctor had been in a car accident with his other son, Eddie's identical twin, and what? his wife. Oh, no, we didn't know he had an identical twin. Mm-hmm. And isn't it a shame? Both parents survived, but the son did not. That's whose body Eddie saw in the morgue. And sadly, Eddie's heart just gave out when he saw himself, which was really what? his twin brother, in the body bag. So I because heard- he had a heart murmur, so his heart was weak. So weak from that murmur. And he just couldn't he take it. He definitely would have just keeled over dead.
1: <laughs> because he wasn't told lovingly and gently Yes. That his brother was
0: dead. Yes, that's that's what Jonathan Frank says, that his father never had the chance to lovingly and gently tell his son that his twin died. I couldn't died. figure
1: out if they were trying to imply he keeled over dead because he knew that was his brother and his brother was dead or he thought that was himself. I think he
0: thought it was himself because he was afraid of death, right? Yeah. So he saw himself in the body bag and he keeled over because his poor little heart couldn't take it.
1: There's a part where the other kids goes oh, I forgot, you're afraid of dying. And I was like, oh, what an own. Yeah, you really showed that kid. It wasn't like you pissed yourself in the third grade. It was like, oh, you fear mortality. (laughs) You're such a fucking loser, you virgin.
0: Yeah, this one I think is fiction. Oh, you don't say. I think this might be based on a true story.
1: Oh, okay. Despite the fact that it clearly did not happen, <laughs> I think they're going to say this one there's is like true. There's like a
0: nugget of truth in there. Yeah. No? Which is going to okay. be
1: that a kid saw his dead twin.
0: See, this is the thing we may have to like Google it or something because they'll tell you that it's fact or fiction, but they don't like give you any no, details. There's no. <laughs> they're just like, this one is fact. And-, and you go, what? That's it. That's how that works. Yeah. So we have one more.
1: Yes. It's called The Caller. It's and very- I'd like to think of this as the story of Alex Jones, <laughs> but I don't know that that is true. If this is a true story, I'm gonna say it's based on Alex Jones. Sure. Uh, so this opens on like a shock jock radio DJ loser on the air. After Jonathan Frakes says, "Is it true that the pen is mightier than the sword? Then what do we say of the microphone?
0: <laughs> what do we say?" We're podcast host we're using of the microphone
1: microphones right now
0: is it mightier than the sword
1: I mean did it's I increase beef jerky investments maybe I did
0: maybe maybe you did
1: and then you also said something about when the microphone becomes the instrument of the living nightmare
0: that should be the slogan of our podcast yeah just, badass. it really should the microphone is the ins- what is it the instrument of the living nightmare of a living nightmare <sighs> Okay. someone put that in a review Yep.
1: but then also give us five stars yes please okay so this radio host hates his listeners <laughs> they like specifically say which is weird it's not like he why would
0: anyone listen to a radio show like that it's
1: not like he has an antagonistic relationship with them it literally says he hates them <laughs> And He might have an antagonistic because like they, they call in and he just insults them. He just insults them and people think that's funny, but I'm not really sure why they call in. But you no, know what? I don't really understand why anyone listens to any of those types of shows. So what do I know? <laughs> it's true. So the first thing we see is a caller who calls in saying that she saw a UFO, and he insults her for being crazy and stupid. The next, very next caller that we see asks about what about your son? <laughs> what about your son, Alex Jones? And he's like, I don't have a son. You're a moron. Toilet sound. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Toilet sound part didn't really happen, but you you get the idea what kind of show this is. Sure. But the producers and people in the booth, can they hear the call?
0: They cannot. Oh, they sure can't. So they're like, what is he talking about? about?" There's no caller.
1: We also see him get mad at some fortune cookies.
0: (laughs) Because he's a real jerk. (laughs) Kate opens a fortune cookie He yeah. eats
1: it And like And then he was like
0: Ugh All these cookies Have the same fortune
1: in them And he storms out And then One of the I don't know His producer or Someone working there Looks at him like No they don't
0: Yeah that was a hilarious moment Do you remember what the fortune said It was something about
1: Oh It wasn't even like That related to what we- I thought it was gonna be like Really on the nose But it was something about like Things come back to haunt you Or I don't know Yeah or something like that I don't even remember I just wrote down That he got mad at a cookie Because he's a real jerk <laughs> So they're like, yeah, so there's a little problem. We can't actually hear this call. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Just fix it. I'm a jerk. And then the woman immediately calls back. Actually, it's not a woman. I should stop saying that. It's a child. It's a voice. I was at first assuming that it was a woman. It kind
0: of sounded like it, but it's... But
1: it's actually a child. So anyway. And the child says, you didn't answer my question." Do you remember Robbie Griffin? And he's like, what is this? And he switches over to another line. Oh, the same colors on that line too, Alex Jones. You can't escape. It's on every line. And then he like just suddenly admits that he, yes, did have a one-night stand that resulted in a son, but that's no one's business and they shouldn't be calling about He just like, <coughs> he very quickly, this is the reason I'm calling him Alex Jones, loses his shit yes so quickly does he become unhinged that someone has called and asked about his son and he tells this story about how he once was driving through the town where the woman he had this affair with lived and was like you know what i'll stop and see my son as if that makes him like a great guy that like one time because he happened to be driving through yeah. he was like i'll go to step on that check on that kid who is not a baby He's old enough to be playing baseball by himself in the front yard where he's doing that thing where you like throw a ball and it bounces back to you. And then the voice says, you left out a part. I had a glove. <laughs> <gasps> it's his son. Oh, but it can't be because in a surprising twist, that son is dead. Dun, dun, dun. What? Meanwhile, this guy's
0: like pacing around the studio, losing his shit,
1: sweating like a pig. He's like breaking things. He's like clutched on the floor. I don't.
0: It's dramatic. It's
1: very dramatic, and you sort of get this sense that everybody that works there hates him so much that they're like, "What's up with Alex Jones?" Whatever, cracked. He's totally lost it. So, um, he's like on the floor, and then he sees a baseball glove. And then a baseball like rolls across the floor because this is not dramatic enough. And he's screaming, you are not my son! As he collapses while the people in the booth are like, yeah, we can't hear anything. And also he's losing his mind. Could you get the owner of the station in here? So what do you really think happened, folks? As if that was not enough. As if. As if. Obviously, that was the best story ever told in the history of mankind. (laughs) The lines were actually down.
0: <gasps>
1: there was a lightning strike, and no calls came through. But it was his highest-rated show ever. But he also never made a show
0: again. Uh, if only that would happen to the actual, Alex Jones. Was real
1: Alex Jones. They he would. His highest rated show would be the one where he
0: loses his completely
1: mind. loses his mind and is just, just screaming, you're not my son on the floor, but then never makes radio. I don't even really...
0: I'm also just imagining, this is not how it was on the show, but the the producers in the booth just like eating fortune cookies and just watching this whole thing go <laughs> down. <laughs> that would have been great if they were just like, we uh, knew
1: this day would come. <laughs> chomp, 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 right? But they kind of were like like the owner of the station when it comes in is like... It, He's been listening to the radio, I guess, and it's like, what is happening? And they're like, we do <laughs> He know. finally lost it. They, they're not really like concerned, not really. And they were like, get this off the air, and they can't because of ghost reasons. And <laughs> that they better not claim
0: that's real. I yeah, I don't. This is actually. I kind of feel like there's a nugget. Of, like this one might have a nugget of truth, and they might say this one is fact.
1: With the thing about the lightning strike and everything,
0: maybe. okay. Let's find out. We can find
1: out. Okay, Okay. so let's go
0: through them first. So the plane crash is number one, and we both think that one's fiction. Oh, that is, that better be fiction. And then Bitch, that better be (laughs) fiction. The gun one we both think is fact. Yeah. The hospital all access pass you think is fact. Yeah. I think it's fiction. I realize it didn't happen, but I think they're going to claim there's a nugget of truth in there. And then we're opposite for the other one. The Alex Jones on-air freakout. I think that one might be fact, and you think no. it's fiction. So mm-hmm. should we find out, Jonathan Franks? Okay, everybody, tell us. Let's find out together.
2: Is past based upon fact? It's your call.
0: It's our call.
1: Come
2: <gasps> up, <gasps> we'll find out which of our stories tonight were fact and which were fiction.
0: Yeah, tell us.
1: Went
0: and I wish they had some '90s commercials in here. For, oh, like, I, I the wish foot. they had
2: left why those why in. Which of our stories tonight have been inspired by actual events?
0: Jonathan Franks is which sitting on his gentleman's. A
2: story of the pilot whose plane took off by itself and then crashed to the ground, ultimately saving
0: his life. Was that a work of fiction? Yes. They're showing a little recap. The show this really guy is, is squinting like squinting at the plane as something else.
1: <laughs> <laughs> These shows are like so stretched out.
0: They really are. Like, there's
1: no need for a recap. We just saw we this. Just, we just saw this. Well, they probably spent a lot of money on their crash. <laughs> yeah, so. they gotta milk
0: it a little bit. Was this story inspired by an nope.
1: actual event? Sure wasn't.
2: Yes. Ah! <gasps>
0: <The actual gasps> no, it did not! Fact! That is crazy. didn't. That that is- no. no. I do not believe that. It, can we Google this? How do we find out if it... How, if a plane ever
1: flew by itself because a dead dad was flying it, you can't go <laughs> to Snopes. Did a plane. Did, I'm like so frustrated right now.
0: How do we? I don't even understand.
1: <laughs> Let's find out about the guns. Mava. Okay. All
0: right. The gun. Feeds
2: the fire of the sun returning from college. How do you judge this one?
0: I don't know what to think now. <laughs> Listen to how spooky that music is. It is super spooky. <laughs> <laughs> she continues to fire the gun, even though her son is clearly the standing there.
2: Okay,
0: <laughs> we got that one right. fast Fact. Fact. You notice he didn't say that the gun then shot an intruder. I also love that he said, based on an incident similar to this one. Yeah. All right. So you made it up. Got it. Of life and death in his
2: hands. Was it reality based or false?
0: Oh, this is the painter. Oh, we didn't talk about this in our recap. We what? thought the, the painting one. Did you think it was oh. fact or fiction? There's no- <laughs> I don't think we talked about it because. I just forgot.
1: How could. Painting someone's portrait mean that they die. It doesn't I don't make any How sense. How could a plane fly itself? <laughs> this is like a Stephen King short story or
0: something. <laughs> okay, here we go. Listen to that nice music. I like you to paint my portrait. No, I'm sorry. This is a private studio. Look, I, I don't have a lot of money. I
2: can't afford to pay you much, but I really need you to paint my portrait.
0: He does look Mrs. vaguely familiar.
2: Anderson said you would help me.
0: <laughs> well, then
1: I have to do it. It's the artist code.
2: If you guessed that there was an actual recorded happening of an artist that seemed to have this power, you were right. No!
0: <laughs> no! What? No! I don't believe this show at all.
1: I'm gonna call Amazon and complain and say they should give me a free month of Prime because that's so stupid. So far,
0: they've all been fact. This is crazy. All right. I wish I was dead. The hospital well, one's the next.
2: Tale of the boys who lifted the hospital pass and used it to explore the morgue.
0: The morgue.
1: He looks like he's an extra on Malcolm in the middle.
0: (laughs) They both do, actually.
1: (laughs) (gasps) Eddie, it's you. Eddie, it's (laughs) you. That's him dying. Everyone, that's the sound of him dying. This
2: tale of a young man who confronted the dead corpse of his identical twin and then died himself... Your
1: fiction. Oh! <laughs> I can't believe the portrait one's real, but that one's fake. I'm like, the plane that flew itself.
2: The radio talk show host who was haunted by a phone call.
0: This one must be fiction then too. You'll get to hear little crazy
1: Alex Jones ranting now.
2: He died last
0: So we did not talk about this guy's perm.
1: Yeah, he's like the worst actor ever, too. Clive? Clive?
0: Clive unlock the door, unlock the door, Clive. He's got a little mixer just like us. Whoa, we could be on the radio. Oh, We kind of are. <laughs>
2: Was there an actual <laughs> story that we based this otherworldly confrontation on? No.
1: Not
2: this time. It never
0: happened. Yeah, oh, Jonathan Frank's
1: <laughs> devious <laughs> smile <laughs> when he's saying that, too. Yeah, he's he really acts like he's put one over on you every time. He's like, "You're probably a fucking moron, and <sighs> you thought that was
0: true." God, I wish. But it was false. I. I wish there was a way to Google these to find out how much. Someone needs to do that work. Do you think maybe that's what that podcast is about? Maybe, and they actually do the research and find out. There's only the one. real tales behind these. Do you think they just made them all up, Samantha? <laughs> I was just about to ask that. Do you think they literally made them all up?
1: Yeah. Or are they just like you're like you know I think I once heard someone say, this and they're basically like urban legends.
0: That's kind of how they have an urban legend feel to them. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: it's like no, someone was once eating a Taco Bell burrito and then a spider laid <laughs> eggs in its mouth. Did you ever hear that story growing up? No, that sounds disgusting. There was there was an urban legend that went around my school about someone eating something from Taco Bell and. Because of that, somehow a spider like laid eggs in their mouth, and then the like catches like, and all this. That's not true. Oh, it's horrible. It's ridiculous. But it, that's what kind of what the show was. Because yeah. then everybody was like, "No, ah, like it, this happened to my cousin's friend. It's totally real." This Taco Bell spider story. Like everybody would always tell it. Like, no, it's true because I heard it from so and so, who
0: heard it from so and so who's... I wanna know the true stories, but you're right, there probably aren't any. Should we rate this I guess somehow out of Robert Stacks? Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but it is frustrating that these seem completely implausible and you know that they maybe have a tiny nugget of truth in them. I feel like for nostalgia
1: factor, maybe if you have a group of friends, maybe if you have some box wine, this could be funny. Sure. Night in because it's so cheesy you that's could like true. you could like take bets whether or not you're gonna say it's not whether it is true but whether they're gonna say it's true sure sure um i don't know you could have like a little beyond belief drinking game party oh i'm sure you could do that that sounds kind of fun that's what i would recommend it for i'm gonna give this like a, a three
0: yeah robert stacks three out of five Maybe if you're, like
1: sick and you don't want to watch something serious sure you
0: could turn on some beyond belief turn
1: on beyond belief and just let it play while you moan and hold your stomach (laughs) i feel like that would this show would be good for that it could be yeah um is it sort of frustrating that there's no way someone once painted portraits and that those people died or a
0: plane flew itself (sighs) yeah well but you know whatever do you how would you rate
1: it out of mysteriousness
0: because we'll never know. Is I that- guess it's high on the mysterious <laughs>
1: scale, but also it's probably all fake, so I don't know. Yeah. that's Yeah, that gets an N.A. Yeah. The reenactments, though, they're pretty funny. They're pretty funny. And you get to see some like very 90s, middle-class, white people house interiors. You do. Which amused me to no end.
0: So that's a reason to watch. I <laughs> guess. <laughs> Uh, if you're you're me and you
1: can go like oh yeah i remember when people's houses look like that just kind of nod to yourself as you drink your futopia (laughs) um or no you're clearly canadian yes which is something you can actually get and they brought zima back zima (laughs) would be actually forget the box wine throw that in the garbage you're gonna want to get some zima for your beyond belief drinking game that would be the perfect beverage for this it would be and then make some beyond belief pogs (laughs) and then when you make beyond belief pogs you fucking send us some. Do not keep them all for yourself. <laughs> that is selfish. It sure is. My, bro- I'm obsessed with this product my bro- brother used to own, which was a pog maker. Oh, my God. Which, it was just pogs that had, like, sticky on them. And you, like, put them in this, like, almost like a button press with, like, a picture of a magazine. And then you like, and you could make your own.
0: That's amazing. It's just, like,
1: the most 90s product <laughs> imaginable. It really is. So, make me some Beyond Belief Pogs. Sure. That's my new demand. <laughs> The
0: weirdest demand yet. It is a little weird, but you
1: know. <laughs> like Someone bother. knitted us a
0: portrait of a, a porpoise of
1: justice. So. Yeah,
0: you never know what's going to happen. Never
1: know. Is this where I thought my life would be a year ago? No. It nope. sure wasn't. I'd be sitting around eating my beaver nuggets and staring <laughs> at a crocheted porpoise of justice. If you had told me those things, I would say, I don't know what either of those are. What's a beaver nugget? What's a porpoise of justice? Leave me alone. I'm trying to watch Beyond Belief. Strange
0: world we're in. All right. I think that's about it. Did you ever
1: watch the Goosebumps TV show? The TV show? I don't think so. Uh, Maybe we should do an episode about that. Oh, we could. I don't know if you can watch that. Or Erie, Indiana. Did you ever watch that? I've never heard of that. That's like a kid's version of the Twilight Zone. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Anything else? Uh, No. Okay. People should solve mysteries. Bitches. Yeah. Get out there and solve some mysteries, bitches.
0: Bye. Bye.